Borealis Entertainment presents Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home, a podcast memoir by M.K. Lott. Chapter 17, The Home Show. The home show, based down south, had crept up on us a lot faster than we were anticipating, which was per usual, honestly. Comparatively speaking, too, the odds weren't really in our favor when it came to space. The boss and consultant measured the space that was given to us early on, and they saw that we had maybe 200 by 50 feet of room to use, which suddenly feels like the size of a desk when you have to fill it with furniture made out of quality wood. She picked both her favorites and the hot sellers, and the Christian, the resident, the consultant, the boss, and myself all helped move every piece into moving truck after moving truck. Once it was filled with every torn moving blanket and spare cardboard we could find acting as cushions for the pieces, the plan was made to move them all from Ogden to Salt Lake over the next few days. The guys would go while the girls stayed behind and watched the desk. There was also a delivery that was due the same day that we started, so we tailored the plan around being able to help the Christian and the resident deliver the necessary pieces, while the consultant and I helped them out and then continued to the home show in the consultant's Mercedes, while the brothers followed behind us in the moving truck with the rest of the furniture. The idea was it would be faster with four people instead of two, and because one of the trucks had broken down by this point, we needed to move as fast as possible. The consultant and I had gotten there right on time accordingly, and while we waited for the brothers. The more I drove the trucks, however, the more I came to understand that you can only drive so fast one of those things. The consultant didn't seem to necessarily understand that, as he was the first to talk smack about how lazy they were. At this time, in our work relationship, I tuned him out, but more and more I began to recognize his logic despite it becoming something of a hazard for our team building. We waited about 10 to 15 minutes for the truck to arrive, and when we saw the truck move in, the consultant called the customers, told them we were ready, and the customer opened her door to make room for us. We moved carefully but quickly into the basement, where we took the pieces of their new L-shaped leather couch and assembled it right in front of their television set. Although, everybody seems to have a fun time picking their battles. And the woman we had been talking to chose this time to voice her concerns and talk about how they had waited way too long and there was no communication involved, but they were still grateful. Simply a way to voice their gripes without sounding too rude. But I really don't think any of us fell for it. The consultant especially, who took every chance he could to roll his eyes and mouth the words blah 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 whenever his back was turned to them. But with his habit of muting people during phone calls to make racist remarks and call people stupid bitches just to get a laugh, I expected nothing less. We weren't there long until we had to move forward and head down to the home show since we had to get there at a somewhat reasonable time to set up before we got kicked out for one reason or another. I would assume they had other things scheduled for the event center, so... You only have so much time when so many people are trying to get that time at the same time. A little redundant, but you get it. Although we had four men on that job, we still had very little time left, and I didn't really know that more than I could feel it. 
The consultant, in his white Mercedes, slammed on the gas pedal and turned it into a race car, getting a kick out of watching my stomach drop. The entire time he swerved and slid all along the highway, barely avoiding every car in sight. He had his Lord Huron station blaring and reverberating through the seats like it was any other day. And it was so loud, in fact, he could barely hear the sirens behind him. Oh, fuck, he yelled over the music. We're getting pulled over. Sure enough, we both looked out his rearview mirror and saw the flashing red and blue hunting us down. Just as quickly as we got into the highway, he pulled over to the shoulder and turned the music off completely. The cop walked up to my window, I pulled it down, and they both leaned in. What's the rush? The officer asked. The consultant scoffed as if insulted. <coughs> what are you talking about? Are you serious, man? The officer countered. I wasn't speeding, I was merging onto the highway. Look, dude, when you zoom past me and I got people flagging you down telling me to go get you, you're clearly speeding. Yeah, you pick up speed when you merge with oncoming traffic, that's how it works. This went on for a few more minutes until, if my memory serves correctly, the consultant mentioned LIDAR and the conversation took a more passive turn. No, listen, I'm not going to do anything, the officer gave in. I'm just telling you, next time be careful. And he was let off with a warning. But the officer didn't have anything else to say other than, you mind putting that down for me, bud? I was then made aware that I had been so anxious by the argument that I was still holding a box cutter that I had used for the unwrapping we did for the past delivery. And without hesitation, I dropped it and put my hands up. Oh my god, are you serious? The consultant scolded. He could arrest you for possession of a weapon. But the officer didn't, thank god. And instead, he told us to drive safe and we both drove off to our own destinations. When the coast was clear, the consultant gave me his signature chest smack and said with a smile, I was going 115. He spent the rest of the trip talking to me about the logistics of LiDAR detection, how to avoid highway patrolmen, and the strategies they use to blindside you and give you a ticket. And all I could think while he was talking to me were, this is not shit you're supposed to learn, and you're definitely not learning this in driving school. And that's when my opinion of the consultant went from, he's just an asshole, to, he's suspicious. But in addition to everything else I've already learned so far, I guess I can now add debating with the law to the list. What was probably the most mind-blowing part of this is we still beat the brothers by almost an hour. And I get it, slower trucks, totally understandable. But from our understanding, they were right behind us. And if there was a 10 to 15 minute space in between the first time, an hour just didn't make sense, especially because we left almost at the same time. We later learned, thanks to the consultant's snoopiness in looking through the cab, that they stopped for lunch, diminishing our time to set up. And it would later continue to plant more and more seeds on implying that they weren't to be trusted. We had a full weekend to sell and make connections, so we split our time up in shifts. The boss would spend all day Sunday at the event, the consultant would take half days Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 
and I would take a half day Saturday while the resident took the other half day on Friday. When it was my shift, I decided to justify my choices by being able to network with people while they were at their booths and avoid any missed opportunity with businesses. That translated into every couple of minutes I would take a lap and discover different passion projects around the home show. And there were quite a bit for a home show. Things from home renovations to homemade meats and salsas to bakeries to chiropractors to even a performance of post-communist Chinese culture. Looking back on it, I can easily say this was the most fun I had working at the furniture store. So many people trying to make their way in life, doing things they love and things that I saw no one else do. Another perfect example of that was an artist who made portraits out of colored keyboard keys, giving them a pixelated look. But you can still see which key it was, whether or not it was a letter or a number or a, a grammar mark, whatever it may be. I would have never guessed I would see something like that in person ever, let alone in a home show. But it made me excited. It reminded me that people who do the things they love really show themselves. And I think there's a sense of bravery to that. Honestly. The more I saw and studied them, the more I thought about my position selling couches. Would I actually do a better, more diligent job at my current job if instead of declaring I want to be a hypnotherapist after college and declaring I want to sell furniture? I'm sure part of that is is true, and I'm sure part of that answer is yes. I won't deny that. But the more I was at the home show by myself, demoing the comfiest couch, let's call it, the more I thought I was already doing a lot. More than plenty, I would say, and I think anybody would say. And that's when I noticed something. I would assume a lot of the people at the home show got into what they were doing because they loved it. I got into selling furniture to get out of a really unhealthy job. I got into it out of desperation and maybe even survival. And I won't assume there are exceptions, but I would say that never yields good results. And I started to discover that I now had the proof that that was true. But before I get to that, I'm going to have to end it here. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home. I hope this episode leaves you better than it found you. And if you're interested in setting up an appointment for how to manage or work with anxiety or stress, feel free to use the Calendly link in the show notes below to meet with me and I would love to help in any way I can. Thank you as always, and until next time, here's to finding your way.